0: I get my nom 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 on with the my top chicks, and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. It's delicious, 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 delicious. I get my up nom nom, nom nom on with fry my top chicks, up, up, and we will up on, up, eat on fry fry it fry it the up. dish.
1: Yummy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here on My Talk 107.1 every Saturday from 9 to 11 to talk about food fun and frolicking in uh, Frivolity. french fries.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get all the F's in
0: We're there. We're going to get
1: the F's in there. F seem to be my favorite thing. So, uh, well, this is the time of the show, you guys, where we do the top two in hour two. Giving the one
3: Presents Top two,
1: top two.
0: The top two. Pick your best two. In
1: our two.
0: All right, give me two.
1: All right, so this is the time to show, you guys, where We we tell you uh, two things that we are each kind of obsessing with this week or things that are kind of in our mind and that we are loving. So why don't you go first with one? I
2: will. And I will say, if you've listened to the show for 12 years, sometimes I feel like, did I already say this to I it? <laughs>
1: So if we I was having a moment like that, too, the other day, I was like, have we already d- covered this topic? Yeah, of because course we have. I was uh, out at a bar
2: and I was craving some cider and I was at Red Cow, actually. And they were like, oh, have you had the milk and honey rosé cider? I was like, yes, I love that cider. I forgot about it. Yes, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And I had two glasses of the milk and honey rosé cider. It's a cider that they make in the Twin Cities on their farm. And it was fantastic. And I as I was drinking it was like, oh, I forgot how much I love this. Yeah. And I maybe have mentioned it before, but if you're a we cider have. drinker, milk and honey rose <laughs> ciders um, and all of their ciders actually are really delicious.
1: And I will tell you that I chatted with my um I chatted with my local liquor store, which is Lakeside Liquors in Long Lake, and I had asked them have they seen the new milk and honey ciders in a bag. Meaning it's a boxed, it's like a boxed wine, but it's a bagged cider.
2: Stephanie, I just saw that.
1: And they said, no. And guess what they did? They got it
2: for me. It's the golden russet cider in a bag, a single varietal. It has like a handle. Yeah. Like two places for your fingers to carry yep. it. So you could throw it on a boat or on a pontoon. It's yep. fantastic.
1: And it keeps it fresher. It and keeps they it call fresh it the bagnum. Yes, the bagnum, <laughs> because it's like a magnum. But it's a bag and they and there's a little, I think, a cidery out in Washington that's doing it. But these guys are doing it here locally. They're the only ones. And I'm just I'm I'm here for it. It is in my fridge as we speak. Okay, yeah. I might take it with me this evening when I go to a birthday party and see if that, you know, is a, a good thing to bring. Um, And then I'm going to take it back with me because it'll still be good. <laughs> are you going to take it back? Just kidding. That was a joke. I won't take it back. that's funny. But I know that's a thing. People. Well, also, I think that if because it does last so long in your fridge, that's one of those ones where if you are a single person and you are like, well, I don't want to crack a bottle of wine and then force myself to drink it. Quote, unquote, force myself and uh, the entire bottle, you know, before it goes bad. The cider, you can just take a pull off of it every once in a while and it's still good in your fridge for like weeks. Yeah, I'm I love so that down it.
2: with this. You don't know. even know.
1: All right. So what is so my first one I'm going to tell you is sort of an exploration piece. OK, so this is a part one of part 2 We'll have to come later. But for all of my little wee subbing lakeside Minnetonka friends, especially Jilly, um, I did go to the Caribbean again. And the Caribbean is my favorite burger spot on Lake Minnetonka that was, it's a hidden marina tucked away in Tonka Bay. It's not, it's like the anti-Lord Fletcher's. It's okay. very small. It's just a, it's basically like a shack. And it has, was been closed up until last week because they, the whole marina sold. And there was all of this controversy of like, will it come back? Will they do a restaurant? What are they doing? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. They are back. They are packed. It's wonderful. The fact that they are, investing time and energy into it because the last owners kind of couldn't kind of get their stuff together. Mm-hmm. You know, they've opened up the bar area that has been shuttered and, and hidden away. Uh, so there is a covered area for the first time ever. And um, it's nice. It's really nice. Here's my thing. We got our food fast. We, we walked up to the counter and you order at a window now, and then you sit down and then they bring you the, the your stuff and it's burgers, same burgers and whatever. Here's my thing. I don't love the buns that they're using. They've changed over to these shiny dome. They're very pretty, but that's a lot of bread. (laughs) The bread to meat ratio is not as good as it used to be. Yep. And that's a thing. Um, So now, and then, you know, the whole thing of them has always been, you have to ask for pink. Like, otherwise they're going to cook it pretty good, you know, pretty well. And uh, so I did ask for pink. It didn't get cooked correctly. Jake had a, Jake went forth and got the double burger. Like he ordered an extra patty on his burger. And that was a little bit better. And that's, I think, the way to go. But I have to have a moment to try them again. So what I'm saying is I'm reserving my judgment of awesomeness. I'm excited they're back. The food came out quick. It looks like they've got their stuff together. I'm going to let them have some time to get their, you know, things going.
2: Okay. So, so that's that my a two-parter. Yeah. All right. So mine is a little, my second one is a little uh, meandery as well. And that is because I went to Stillwater. Yeah. And if you haven't been to Stillwater in a while, it's a great place to go on a hot summer night. We took the Triumph down there, so we had the top down. It was mm-hmm. boiling hot. Drove down to Stillwater. The water is like way up. Oh, it like is, it's every over water the walkway. across the state yeah. is
1: crazy high.
2: So that was pretty interesting just to see the really high water. But you know, we walked around Stillwater. We ate at the Car- Caribbean Barbecue, which is the old Smalley's, mm-hmm. and had some really great smoked wings and. The thing we had there that was also really good was the ribs. They had, though, these, um, they call them their cornbread, but really what it was, was a jalapeno cornbread pancake. Oh. They were flat pancakes that were fantastic. Huh. And they were hot, like spicy hot. They were and just then, like corn cakes. Yeah. And then you had like a honey butter with them. Huh. And they were really good and really special and kind of unique. And I just want to call out May, who was our server. She'd only been there two weeks, Stephanie. She was so fantastic. Really? She, like, put all of our sauces on the side. She described every single one. She had a toothpick in the one that was super hot. Yeah. Like, just took that little teeny tiny extra step when I was going to order a beer. She was like, wait, let me give you a sample this other one I want you to try. Yeah. Brings me this watermelon sour that I ended up liking. But, like, she didn't have to do that. I was going to order, you know, the huge. Yeah. She was just great. I really was appreciative of her service. That's really cool. Have you been to Leo's Grill and Malt Shop down there too?
1: Leo's. I don't think so. It's like a little family-owned...
2: It almost looks like the original cheeseburger in Paradise in St. Bart's. It's a little patio restaurant, and it's just family-friendly burgers. They've got shakes and ice cream. It's right near um, Minnesota Nice ice cream. Oh, it's down that way? Yeah. Is it new? It's No, it's been there forever. But oh. it's just... It was like, oh, this is such a cute little outside spot. And the burgers looked really good. It was kind of like a 1950s sort of theme.
1: Oh, I th- is it? Okay. I think I maybe i just didn't know it was called oh you know what i didn't know it was called leo's but yeah, it's the one leo's on the corner. grill and bar yep. yeah okay i told totally uh brick and bourbon is a brand new restaurant down there that yep. looked really good
2: uh, nacho mama's they're the mama's, ones that do the smoky the smoky cocktails the smoky cocktails nacho mama's is jason's favorite um Mexican place down there that has the nachos and they had outdoor music. Like it was just a really fun vibe to walk around and shop.
1: Stillwater is definitely gotten so much better now that they changed the road structure and yeah, you know super we wrote fun. that whole thing about how the bridge removal affected them and I think it's so Did you make it down to uh Lolitas? um no which is the lolo lolo american kitchen there they took over the pearl and the thief space and made it into a taco and tequila bar okay no i was in lolo's yeah okay yeah but if you go farther then you get into that lolitas is what they're calling it i like it yeah it's very cute so just go to stillwater for an
2: evening date we had a date night and it was just fun to walk around we really had a nice time yeah got to hold hands
1: Um, you got to hold hands. Yeah, because
2: like when you're walking by, you know, water and still water, and the it just feels like I was like, we need to hold hands.
1: You you actually said it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, okay, you we can actually, hold hands. Like, Okay, this is what is happening now. I will we take going, your hand we and we are, we are a small town. This we right. need to
2: hold hands right. and walk
1: down these sidewalks. This will be what is happening now. Yep. Um, well, mine is kind of actually, my second one is a little bit in conjunction with yours, uh, which is the same idea. It's, I did a section or a segment on Fox 9 Friday yesterday morning about small town fests. because I just think that if you're looking for something to do and you're finding yourself aimless on the weekends, Minnesota, my God, the amount of small town festivals that are happening all over the place is just one of those beautiful things. And I think we take it for granted. And I think driving out to, you know, Olivia, Minnesota for the Sweet Corn Festival or driving to Lindstrom for uh, what is it? Carl Oscar days, those kind of things. There's just a piece of that. It's a lot of these things have been happening uh, like kolache days. So kolache days in Montgomery, yes. which is next weekend, is something that has been happening since 1929. Like this is... In 1929, these people had 6,000 people come to their town to celebrate kolache. Yeah. Which kolaches, of course, are the Czech pastry that are sort of filled. They're uh. like...
2: Kurt's grandma's made the best. Did they really? Yes.
1: They're sort of folded and a li- mm. you know, they can be a little bit sweet. They can go savory and they can do cabbage things, but it's kind of a pierogi thing. But the kolache is the Czech version of it. They they claim in Montgomery, Minnesota, by the way, that they are the kolachi capital of the world, which I kind of love. Yeah. But so um, funny. there's a lot of people. You know, Texas has a big kolachi. A weirdly, like, I think it's weird because we have... Texas? We're the north, and we have, like... For some reason, I feel like the Czechs and the Swedes and the Nordics yeah. and all the people who came here was all part of one thing. But, yeah, the kolaches... I think it's Houston has a huge kolache festival. Okay, that's really funny. It's not funny. But anyway, so small-town festivals is great, and I'm going to tell you that if you go to explore Minnesota... You can. Have you ever been to their website? I have. So, Explore Minnesota, I know they're everywhere and they've got a lot of, you know, they're all about the hashtagging and stuff. But really, their site is a great search tool for if you're looking for things outside of the metro. Go to MSP Mag for everything and then go to Explore Minnesota for everything outside of the metro. Because all I had to do was put in, look up fairs and festivals and then I kind of gave a date range. And so it's kind of all the stuff is listed there. And if you have
2: kids that are home for the summer or you have a nanny who's working for you that needs things to do, most of those things are free. Yes. So give them money to go to these, Give them ice cream cone money, mm-hmm. and they can go to these festivals and like get out of the house and do something. Yeah.
1: And go to a small town and walk around and see tractor pulls. And my God, in Kalachi days, they are doing blacksmithing demonstrations. Oh,
2: that's cool, actually. You know, Blacksmithing's I mean, hard.
1: I know. It's like a lost art.
2: I thought my daughter might do that at one point.
1: Wow. I mean, there's so many things, and there's so many places to go, and, and to sort of see, and it is a drive, you know, but... I feel like if you get out a little bit, you know, go to Scandia or go, you know, go down to, yeah, go to Montgomery. I don't know. Just find a place to kind of fun, fun stuff. Rivertown Days in Rockford. That's next weekend. You know, who knew there's a
2: place called Norman Quacks in Stillwater? I didn't. Really? No. I was like, what a weird name for a restaurant. But maybe we should check it out.
1: Jake and I, as we were driving to go get, uh, by the way, this is going to be a, this is a new, we have to loop back on this pilgrimage because we basically found a place that's serving Detroit style pizza. Like, I don't know anybody in the metro who's serving Detroit-style pizza. Okay. So we'll talk about that. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, we're going to talk about the beautiful fish. So we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish, brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Mm -hmm. All right,
2: we are back. You are listening to The Weekly Dish, presented by our friends at El Burrito Mercado. We were talking about brunch earlier, and at Minneapolis and St. Paul, they have Saturday and Sunday brunch, so check that out. Also, we are talking about salmon shares and fish shares, particularly today. We are here with Richie Mann from Sitka Salmon. Hi, Richie. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. So I want to get the story about Sitka Salmon because I know it's like this guy in Wisconsin and he's on his fishing trip with his buddies. And tell me how like this whole thing
3: came together. The Marvel origin story?
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah what's your MCU? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Maybe not as adventurous. Well, no, it's pretty adventurous. Um, yeah, so our founding president, uh, Nick Mink, he is a professor at Knox College down in Galesburg, Illinois. Eight years ago, he uh, and his interns basically went to Alaska, to do some fishing. They were doing some study and, and whatnot, and they brought a bunch of fish home, and they started sort of selling it to their family and friends. It was just a purposeful sell, and they realized, like, oh, my gosh, this is something and um, and then honestly, it's as short as that. It rolls snowballed into uh, a business, and we're a CSF, so we're a community supported fishery, and and there's a lot around the nation, east to west coast, maybe about thirty five or forty, um, but we're the largest in the nation. Um, over the last eight years, we've kind of grown to this really sustainable, beautiful place.
2: What I love about a sustainable fishery, and I want you to kind of explain to the yeah. listener what that is. It, it's like you like you live there, like you literally care for these yes. fish. Tell me a little bit about what the setup is like so people yeah. can visualize Yeah, it. I
3: mean, we do. It's our culture, right? It's... So we have, um, the way we operate, uh, our community supported fisheries, we have 27 fishermen and fisherwomen that own our company and fish as well. And we do contract out some other fishermen that meet our same high standards up in Kodiak Island, which is further north and then down in Juneau. So really the whole stretch of the southeast and some of southwest Alaska. And so our fishermen are from the community of Sitka, they're family fishermen. Um, We have our processing plant in Sitka as well. So this is like a really important step. We're vertically integrated, meaning we control every step of our supply chain, which is absolutely necessary because you lose traceability of your fish yeah that's a the worry. point right mm-hmm. and you get to the grocery store and it's exchanged 10 12 hands sometimes and so what we focus on is um actually knowing your fishermen and knowing that the money as a member of our community or a member of our program is going directly to support those families um and so we've drawn this like this this healthy pipeline the salmon pipeline from alaska to the midwest and it's all based on this idea of community and yeah
2: and so, if you get a salmon a Sitka salmon share, you mm-hmm. don't just get salmon right. Tell us about like how the boxes work and yeah. how and that how-
3: diversity is a huge part of our sustainability. We fish twenty one different species of fish, all the salmon minus pink um and then about seventeen um other. Whitefish species, so rockfish, halibut, lingcod, um, all these, and uh, and yeah, you can sign up. So there's four different chairs available, really, at any one time, and uh, the price range is anywhere from ninety nine a month all the way up to one hundred and twenty nine a month. But that's for, like, a five-pound box. So it breaks down, like, price per pound, like $18 and $19 a pound for, like, mm-hmm. an entry-level one, which is really what you're paying at a grocery store right now for wild-caught fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the difference is you don't know anything about that fish usually, how long it's been sitting there, how it was caught, all these really important things when we're talking about a fragile protein like fish. Yeah, so you can, you you know, our, our online um, uh, website is, is great for, for just exploring and then learning which one might fit your family, your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. because
2: why... Do you think like, you know, we're in the Midwest here and we can fish lakes. Mm. What do you feel the uh, fish in Alaska brings
3: to someone's plate
2: that's different than what they could catch in their own lake? Yeah, that's a really good question.
3: I think, yeah, I mean, I think people do. um, I mean, seafood industry is huge for a reason. Um, I mean, omega-3s is a huge thing you just can't get in freshwater lakes. Um, and the species and so omega-3s is a huge is a buzzword it's, it means a lot and it really does help the the health of our bodies but um and i think just the flavor profile the texture is really diverse in an ocean um and we we really tried to sort of focus on some of these species like rockfish or lingcod that people are like what is that or, you know and it's just as delicious as your common tuna or you know pacific cod some of these things that we always target in our culture um so yeah, I think it's just the texture, the overall diversity that you can experience with ocean fish.
1: And so this is and just to be clear, is this wild caught or is this farmed? Yeah, this
3: is yeah, so we are so there's actually two different types of wild. We can get into as much as you want, but there's a like a divergence happening in the wild world of of seafood and it's sort of like the cage-free egg movement like 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. and we're like you gotta get cage-free it's so important but then you start looking at it, it's just greenwashed it like, yeah. doesn't mean anything right right so wild is sort of in that same boat meaning wild most of the time in your store is going to be trawled trawling is big nets it's industrial factory there is good trawling there's bad trawling right mm-hmm. i'll make that distinction yeah um but trawling overall is is, uh, is big nets. There's hundreds of tons of fish at a time. But it is still technically wild. It's mm-hmm. coming out of the ocean. That's how they label it. So when you go to the grocery store and you buy wild, unless it says line caught underneath it, it's not truly, truly sustainable. It's not as sustainable as you can be. And so now there is sort of a movement happening in grocery stores where will say line or pole caught or something like that. And that's what we do. So we are true wild in the sense that everything we catch is individually handled, selectively harvested. So we mitigate by catch and, and then more importantly, like we're an artisan company. And so we, we have some special techniques when we get our fish on the boat that we uh, introduce uh, pressure bleeding for one is, is flushing all the blood out of there, yep. which is really important. And then we blast freeze within two days of catch. Um, We can do that because we own our own plant, and we blast freeze in such a way that it's frozen within 30 minutes.
1: And those—that's the big difference. That's the—that is the huge that people don't understand. That that is when you're getting a fresh fish, it's you you want it to have been frozen. Yes, within especially
3: in the Midwest. Yeah, you you don't buy. You can, but try to find well frozen fish in the Midwest because fresh fish in the Midwest really has been sitting around for. for
2: and you watch those shows like The Big Catch, <clears throat> um, yeah. and they have these just huge lockers full of fish, but they can't freeze them mm-hmm. until they get back to mm-hmm. right. So you don't know how long it's been on the boat or how right. long the yeah.
3: excursion was. There's tenders that gather, you know, yeah. all these big boats. Yeah, yeah.
2: So
1: do you think so? Your salmon is is frozen fresh, and it's it's mm-hmm. from the it's not farmed, so they're not in pens or right. anything like that. Right. Um. So, is it like if I bought your salmon, could I cut it and eat it for like a sashimi? All
3: sashimi grade. It you is guys. every fish <laughs> She's that we very fish. Excited. I know that it's like a game changer for me and a lot of people that yeah. in the Midwest you can't find, you can't trust.
1: It's hard. It's hard, and yeah. we make a lot of like we do tuna poke or we yeah. do those kind of things. And I'm always like a little, you know, you're always kind of mm-hmm. wondering cause, mm-hmm. and that's I I don't do it as often as I would because right. I don't right. know Yeah,
3: everything. We do it. We blast down to negative fifty. And so, and then you have a freezer life of about a year with your fish too, because of the way we take care of it in the beginning, you can really extend your fish a long time.
2: It's Richie Mann. He's with Sitka Salmon. They have salmon shares and you wanted to give a code to our listeners. I do. It is, um, I
3: had to write it in my hand, <laughs> <laughs> like an algebra <laughs> test. <laughs> um, it's dish 50 and it's good until, uh, the 20th. So we got like, what a week, okay. dish 50 okay. and it's $50 off. All right. So off. if
2: you're interested in a fish share, uh, with Sitka Salmon, yeah, you can go ahead and go to uh, com and then enter your DISH50 code and you save 50 bucks. Bingo. Thanks for being Bingo. here, Thank Thanks, Richie. Thanks, yeah. Richie.
1: Um, that was some interesting salmon talk, and I'm very excited to buy, try some of that Sitka salmon and yeah. do some sashimi things with it. Oh, you know what else he told me? Is that they make the rounds with the farmer's market. So they're at
2: Linden Hills, oh. uh, East Isles, Co-op, so okay. you can find them there too. That's good.
1: Uh, you know what else is really cool? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> which I think is cool, and apparently you're wondering if anybody else does, is s'mores tech. I like to call it tech, because basically, aren't you taking, like, your s'more situation? I know you're not. This is a rhetorical question for you. Which, I, and I have a fire, like, every weekend, which is so funny. I know, and I... But and it's like I don't that's the other thing, is like maybe it's also because like I don't make desserts for things and so the s'mores is your perfect answer. Like if I'm making a like everyone's coming over for a big cookout, I'm not making a dessert because I feel like that's I don't know why. Maybe that's why. Because I already I'm always like, We got the s'mores, we're all good. So on the Facebook I asked you guys, what's your s'mores tech? Do you have a great chocolate bar to recommend? Do you use Oreos instead of grams? And of course those are known as s'moreos. <laughs> 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 uh, Do you have tips or tricks or shout outs to share? And here we have not, you thought maybe I was going to get like one person who, who responded to me, and that would be fair. But it feels like we have some good comments. We've got about 11. Um, not the thousands of people who we normally get, but that's okay. So basically, people are saying that um, this was a good idea. Trish brought up last summer on the show, we talked. Uh, someone called in to say they use a sugar cone filled with chocolate and marshmallows wrapped in foil and then put that in the fire.
2: Someone. That's a great idea. I know. Do you remember
1: that? No. I still haven't done that. But yet I do love that idea. Uh, Brianna says she buys the bags of little graham crackers, you know, those little cookies, and she throws in mini chips or chocolate chip cookies and roast the marshmallows and throw it in the bag. And mix it all together. That's brilliant. Okay, wait, that's like, like... a Teddy Graham, you know, then you open yes. that up, you throw in some marsh, you throw in some It's chicks. like a walk of tacos. It is a walk of tacos. What? And feel free to call in 651-641-1071 <laughs> with your s'more tech if you need to. Um, that is kind of brilliant. Uh, let's see. Sandy says the tweens like Reese's bars, just, and little, little, just want the toasted marshmallows. But like the tweens, like the Reese's bars in your s'mores instead of a candy bar. Yeah, think about it. Think of why do we just stick with just a plain old. Bitter, weird Hershey's. Weird Hershey's, dusty, <laughs> sharp, sour thing, which we love. Uh, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Fudge stripe cookies instead of graham crackers. Oh. That's kind of brilliant because they're already chocolate coated stripe. on the bottom.
2: I do love a fudge stripe cookie.
1: Okay, Sarah has called us in. Sarah, tell us your yeah. s'mores tech. It's. I call, maybe it's called the Iowan because all my Iowan cousins taught this to me.
0: Yes. It is, I won't eat regular s'mores anymore. Oh. It is a saltine. Yeah. Peanut butter, a piece of chocolate, and your toasted marshmallow.
1: Oh, that is actually real brilliant.
2: That, that sounds really good.
1: Sarah. Sweet and salty. It's, it's the best. You're right. The salt really brings out because the grams can get, a, I mean, the grams are fine. They're just oh. a vehicle, but the saltines add something to that. Yeah. Girl. Okay, so Saltine. say it again. Saltine. Saltines, and then you spread Saltine. a bit of peanut butter, and then yep. you put and your chocolate on chocolate. there. Yep. And then you put your marshmallow. Yep. Okay. Oh, My son is peanut-free, so he does sun butter. Okay. Okay. I this love is it. hot tech, Sarah. Thank you so much. Hanson, I Thank want you to know that our lines are lighting up. Okay, Brenda, <laughs> what's your s'mores tip? Brenda, you there? Yep. Okay, what's your s'mores tip? Oh, I love to take a banana, and you slice it down the middle
0: yeah. kind of like a hot dog bun yeah. and then add mini marshmallows and chocolate chips and you can do that gluten-free which is really nice that's or you true can add little the mini teddy grams or you can add peanut butter and then you wrap it in tin foil and you just roast it and it's so so good because the banana like soaks up all of the sugar yeah. and it's yummy,
1: yummy it's like yummy. a banana boat right that's what do you do yes. you, wrap, you wrap it in foil and you kind of stick it in there for a little while, right?
0: Yep, yep, let it roast in that fire for probably, like, 15 minutes.
1: <sighs> and then when you yeah. pull it out, you kind of crack it open, and you can, like, take a fork and just kind of dig yep. it out. Absolutely. Delicious. So hey, well done, Brenna. Well done. All right, yep. we have we have uh, Celeste on the line. Celeste, are you there? Celeste? Hi, Celeste, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's your s'mores tech? Well,
0: what we do is we take those small gear dollies, Squares. The sea salt caramel is really good. Yes, and you use those for the chocolate and the graham cracker
2: That makes a lot of sense because yeah. those squares are the perfect. They're size. They're the right
1: size, right? Yes, and they, that sea salt caramel with that little caramel, yum yum yum. Oh my god! Well done, Celeste. Well done, you. Okay. All right. We also have Julie on the line. Julie, what's your te- what's your smores tech? Hi, Julie. Julie, you there. Hi. Yes, I I'm a salted uh, caramel
0: square as well and I love Reese's
1: Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, that's okay. that's it. That's a good one cuz then you can smoosh those down too when you get them on there. That's a good call, girl. Well done. Thank you. Um I I have to say someone else brought up this is Jennifer kind of got a little crazy here. Bacon. She says we actually have woven it together before baking so it's just the right size for a graham cracker. Plus we like higher quality chocolates with variations caramel, mint, almond butter filling. And she goes, "We're kind of s'more snobs." Okay,
2: this Jennifer, is Jennifer, you are my human. Yeah, that she's making a woven tapestry mat for her out of s'mores. Bacon for her s'more. <laughs> Hello,
1: I freaking love this. But that's fun if you're having like a it's, party. Well, that's also a gluten-free option. Think about. It. She's talking about having it be the in the part. I okay. feel like that's what she's saying. You're right. Yeah. So I'm just telling you that this is okay. So and of course, let's. No one has mentioned the shut em uppers yet, and so I'm going to tell you that again, which is. Um, yeah, lots of people are seeing the peanut butter. Why didn't I think about putting peanut butter on my s'mores? Because why would you? Because it's amazing. <laughs> okay. So I would absolutely tell you this. Shut uppers are basically where you put the caramel, you put, you, you spear your marshmallow and then above it, you put the caramel cube and then you roast them both over the fire. The caramel will not melt off. I promise. And then when it's all nice and toasty, you pull the caramel, you pull the marshmallow up over the caramel cube and then you put that and it takes it with it. And then it's this beautiful, like, caramel inside your marshmallow. Okay.
2: okay, I think I'm going to have to do s'mores on Family Weekend. You
1: are, because we also have Emily on the line. We have Emily, what's your s'mores tip? Emily, you there? Yep, hi. Hi, peeps. what's your tip? You make, you, peeps. You make them with peeps. Peeps? Oh, yeah. Girl, yeah. well done. Brûlade so peeps. Yeah. The
0: sugar trying to caramelize is so good. Oh, God. And then, so it gets a little, they're not
1: disgusting. yeah, you get a crunch on it. Yes, they're good. Awesome. Well done, Emily. Well done, you. All right. We also have Katie on the line. Katie, Katie, tell us your s'mores tech.
0: I'm loving the uh, tips about the high end chocolate, and I'm going to use them. But I have a little twist on the calls that have been coming in. If you make homemade marshmallows, you'll never buy store bought again, and use them in s'mores. And on Food Network, Alton Brown's homemade marshmallow recipe is awesome, and it's easy. Okay. okay.
1: All right. This is really good. Now, how? And it's you can whip those suckers up in like an afternoon.
0: You know, it's it's less, um, most of the time is whipping them in your blender. Oh. And then um, they have to set for four hours or more before you cut them. Okay. And you okay. can use lots of powdered sugar. And my tip for cutting them is to use one of those plastic wheel pizza cutters. Yes. Um, but you do need a candy thermometer, but I promise you there's a video that steps you how, through how to do it, and it's not hard, and the result is amazing. People are just blown away by a, a homemade marshmallow, and here's one more tip: Yeah, you can also add flavorings so they can be ginger or almond or cinnamon, so that will enhance the oh product my god even further.
1: Cinnamon with a cinnamon marshmallow with like a little bit of a caramel core from the shut them upper that I was just saying sounds perfect. Oh my god! Boom! Drop the mic. Oh my god! There it is, Katie. <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love it. There it is. There's smart tech that is beyond what you thought. Okay. But do you, you know, as far as it goes with having kind of craziness that goes with it, you know, have you ever done like uh, things that are, have you ever done any sort of innovative s'mores s- s- over there? Uh,
2: recess peanut butter cups.
1: That's, that's, it, is, that's And, that's and is. we've used, um, Girl Scout cookies yes. as the cookie vehicle. Yeah. Do you, here's the biggest question of all for you. Are you a burnt marshmallow girl? Yes. Are you? Go right to the burn. You just don't even care. Nope. There's none put it right fire. There's none of this like roasting roasting and holding. Okay. Burn it all.
2: Charcoal it. I wanna burn it. (laughs) Yep. And it freaks people out because I'm just like, Oh, here's my marshmallow. I put it right in the fire. I wait till it's solid black and then. You have to blow it out like
1: three times. Yep. But the, my thing is that you don't get as good of a gooey I know, center. Kurt's a roaster,
2: so he's, he's slow, like in there and he
1: slowly he's back in and out. He's in and like
2: out. resting yeah. the <sighs> stick on the proper rock <sighs> and then they're turning it. The yeah. biggest crime I, I got time for that
1: when your uh, when your marshmallow falls into the you know when you overdo it, but and it fun. falls in and you get you're like very oh sad. man down man down mm-hmm. we lost one I know. Um, One other one that I have to tell you is a good thing is for your campfire cooking. um, If you do have your cast iron skillet out there, a really Yum. good idea is to use that because that just sits right in there. And this is we've done the campfire nachos, the s'more nachos, whereas you take the bits of graham crackers and you kind of break them up, which now I want to do with saltines. And then you throw the mini marshmallows and the chocolate chips in there and kind of mix it all together and you just kind of let it. Sit on the open fire. You know what I mean? Like you roast the pan, kind of oh, sits in there. the pan, in the skillet, a like, cast okay. iron skillet. And so then it gets all like gooey and hot and ro- warm and beautiful. And then you just kind of pull the chips out. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like nachos. I like that. Yeah. That's a really good one too. I've done that before. I can totally see getting behind that. I know. And I will say I am definitely here for I mean I'm I'm more of a grams traditionalist but I'm kind of really intrigued by the idea of saltines. Yeah, cuz we love salt. Salt I mean that's kind of a no-brainer. And salt with sugar? Yeah kind of breaks it up. kind of breaks and it up. Yeah. Yeah. But the smeeches, of course, always and forever will be this great thing where I've soaked my peach slices in bourbon. <laughs> then you kind of hit them on the grill and they get a nice little caramelly side and they're still a little bit bourbony. And then you put that with the, you just put that with your caramel, your shred them upper, your caramel and your marshmallow on a gram. That's beautiful. A smeech. Smeech. There it is. All right. There's some more tech for you guys. I'm hoping that there's a, a dry night tonight so you can get out there and roast some stuff and uh and because it's gonna be too hot tomorrow so don't even try it (laughs) unless you're up north all right we're gonna take a quick break you guys when we come back we're gonna wrap it up with moral of the story this is the weekly dish we're brought to you by el burrito mercado all right guys it's weekly dish we're wrapping it up thanks for joining us for these large hours of talking they're expansive. They're large. Large they're hours
2: of talking. They're
1: they're well thawed. It's a really good show to be listening to. <laughs> yes, I'm just self promotional today. I'm really psyched about, it. and I love Weekly Dish listeners. Let's just be honest. You guys interacting with you guys about s'mores and knowing that there's just enough of you out there who are just as jazzed about putting things into fire as I am. <laughs> It's just fun. It's why we come every weekend and spend our Saturday mornings here. And I just here's just a big little love heart for all of you weekly dishers. Yes, you guys are. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Um, So I got to tell you, it's restaurant week. Boom! Restaurant week starts on Sunday.
2: I had a funny conversation with my niece yesterday, who's young twenties, and her and her friends were like, "Do you know about this restaurant week?" (laughs) Like, as a matter of fact, I do. I do. And they pull it up on their phone, and they're like, "Okay, here's the list. Where would you go?" Oh my god! And she, they were gonna go to Oceanaire. Oh good! I was good. like, yeah, Oceanair is great. It's you're gonna love it. They have a great crab cake. I was like, but if you wanna like, you know, try something different, that like, how about Octo Fish Bar, which is also on the list? So then they pulled up Octo Fish Bar's menu. Yeah. Do you know they're doing a salt encrusted fish?
1: They're doing a whole fish. Okay. Yeah, I don't know exactly the details. of That's it, what but, it was yeah. on the menu. So we yeah. were like, go get whole fish. It like, starts with that. a chilled seafood tower. Yes. Hello. It's a four course $30 dinner. It's I mean, fancy. You guys, it's, this is their time to go and sample things and try places that have not been. um Yeah, it's a $35 four course menu. A seafood tower is your starter. And then there's which has poke oysters and crudo. And then they've got steamed mussels, a rock shrimp pasta and a whole fish. Yeah, this is it's unreal. You guys, it's a, for $35. I know. I was Think like, of how that often is you'd leave like. Subway with $35 spent.
2: Then her next question was, where would you go if you were going on a date? Oh, I would... Because that's kind of like more a big friend group.
1: Yeah. I would maybe go to, uh, well... You know, there's, like, Enoni's is a cute little place that you probably I never totally get I totally told her that. You in not. Mendota Heights. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. Because I
2: was like, it's super romantic. They have a big outdoor patio that's on a lake. Yes. And it's got really authentic Italian
1: food. And oh. you can get an Aperol spritz. It's fantastic. They have a caprese that is an actual caprese, people, with burrata and beautiful olive oil. That is exactly what I said. Oh, my God. That's so weird that it that's is exactly weird. it. We never say the same no. thing. $35 dinner. Uh, there's also a salt and boca, which to me is, that is a beautiful thing that I miss most about Italian eating Italian it was, you know, that's pan fried prosciutto and fontina stuffed into chicken breast with grilled asparagus. Yum. They've got t- tiramisu, lavender panna cotta. Jeez. Yeah. So also, this is my shout out to say, if you're thinking you, you want to go to Kado no and try something, but you're worried about, like, I don't want to spend all the money. The $35 dinner that they're doing at Kado no which is the Japanese place in North Loop, um, is beautiful. Shige, uh, is, you know, the chef there. And I'm just telling you, uh, the, the $35 dinner menu is, is nice because it's a sampler. So you get an appetizer sampler and you get some shawan mushi, which is a beautiful egg custard. And then you get an, a wagyu beef skewer and, uh, some other stuff. And then you get a sushi platter and then you get dessert. So Yum. it's a nice way to dip in and to kind of see what it's all about. I do love that. Yes. Um. But again, go. I just put it up on. Uh, well, here's the other thing, by the way. And I don't think you can get in. I don't know if the reservations are available for corner table. But this is the last restaurant. Week, I know the last I saw one. That and that is a little bit sad. But there's plenty of other ones if you can't make it. Um. And there's like things like you can do like fancy things like the fish thing. You know, at Octo Fish Bar. But you can also get, uh, you know, the 35 dinner at Holman's table. I was I was the other place weird. I told her to go. Weird. I'm like it's at the St. Paul Airport.
2: It's this weird little runway. That you might never but get to. The restaurant is beautiful. Yes, and the food is really good. And it's small and it's intimate. Yeah, and it's like place no one's probably ever been to because she's not. She's from Minneapolis. She yeah. doesn't get to St. Paul very often. I'm like in St. Paul. We love this little place. It's a hidden gem.
1: Yeah, Holman's and so like table. And for a date, you could do like you could both get. Like a beet salad or a mushroom toast to start a French onion soup. And then you can, sure. there's enough on there where there's like diver scallops for her, a Vat 17 burger for him, or she could go pork chop and he could go trout, you know, and then you can share bites. Like, this is the thing is like, there's enough variance. I think the people who win at restaurant week, the restaurants that win are the ones who offer many dishes to choose from. Yeah. Because so that also can invites. really get
2: a flavor for their place. Yeah.
1: But it also invites you to bring more people, like come with a group and sample mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. So I love that about that. So there's Restaurant Week. It's starting on Sunday. It's It starts tomorrow, and it goes, and there's places for lunch and dinner all around the metro, all different flavors, and it goes through Friday, so not next Saturday.
2: We have a comment here on our Facebook page, Stephanie, about Detroit Pizza. They said, Detroit Pizza at Norm's Wayside is awesome. If that's not who, who you plan to go to, you should give them a try. It is,
1: but sh- <laughs> Stop it until I can get there and do the talking. i don't read your mind (gasps) unless it's to tell someone where to go on a date for restaurant that's right uh yes i am on a hunt for detroit pizza and so then is if you know other places besides the one in buffalo which shall not no longer be named until i can publish something about it then let me know because this is from
2: christine she said omg you were just talking about a s'mores and saltines i was zoned out so i didn't hear how it came up but that's the only way my family makes them. I've never heard of other people doing it this way. And everyone I've ever told about it thinks it's weird. I'm not a sweet person. So this is the only way I will eat s'mores. They're perfect.
1: I think that this has changed my entire trajectory. I think this has totally made me. I mean, like the funny part is, is I bought saltines the other day, like about a month ago for Jake because he was not feeling well. And, and I was like, I haven't bought saltines in probably we buy them in bulk. What?
2: Kurt and I eat two sleeves of saltines a week. I'm not even kidding. We buy them at Sam's Club, like where we get 20 packs.
1: Oh my god, That's I have all not we bought saltines <laughs> in 10 years. With butter, I, I, they're life changing. I'm a Triscuit girl. Okay, I love
2: Triscuits too. Yeah, the rye no. ones are like eating a Reuben, and you don't even have to eat the Reuben.
1: Yeah, no, I'm strictly straight up Triscuits for like my cheese happy hour. For if I'm eating lurpack butter. As cheese, which you are yeah, allowed to do, try it on a saltine. Well, I mean, no, I'm, I know. I mean, as I grew up as a kid, all I ate was peanut butter and saltine sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like I that was it my with life. I but
2: scrape the saltine across the top of the butter stick.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you 100. <laughs> percent But I just didn't. I just it has not been in my wheelhouse. I guess like I didn't. I just didn't buy them. And then all of a sudden now we have this extra sleeves because we don't eat them because we eat triscuits. We eat triscuits and pretzels. Okay. Those are our our chips and like crackers. Yeah. We eat saltines. That's funny. Yeah. Huh. Nonstop. Nonstop. Nonstop all the time. Jelly with a hunk of brie. Put um, it on a saltine. I see. I someone <laughs> I was at a thing and someone had the jelly and the thing and I still it wasn't brie, it was cream cheese with like the pepper jelly over it. Mm, I just don't love that. I
2: know. It's not for everyone. No, I just don't. It's a little nineteen eighties too.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just is it I don't it's just you know what it is? It rings so hard in both directions that there's no nuance to it. The flavors go boom and boom on both sides, and that's it.
2: Just pop you in the yep. face.
1: Um, let's talk a little quickly about some resto stuff that has happened this week. Revolution Hall is closed. We didn't talk about that last week. No, no, it happened this week? Yeah, um, it was
2: a it was a sort of good concept. Was it poorly executed at first? <laughs> then it got better. I but- don't. It just wasn't very warm or friendly or servicey or anything. You
1: guys know, I I mean... I ate there like four times. I know. I didn't love it. And I didn't love it for the fact of it didn't feel like what it was trying... It was inauthentic. They were trying to pretend that they were like independent food stalls that were like run in a specific concept where it was one company doing it all and their lack of communication and stuff between each place was really rough. And so it felt like nobody knew what was going on and it also felt like they didn't nobody could care because there were no owners there was no ownership to it. I don't want to I don't want to have a
2: pad where I push in my order when you're standing there and looking at me and helping me.
1: Because I... what's the point?
2: If I'm going to do a pad, yeah. I'm doing it self-service. If you're standing over me and telling me because the pad is so complicated that you can't figure it out yourself. Yep, I hear you. Why bother? Why not just flip it around and let them do it then? You know what else? As long as we're on this rant, I know we're wrapping up here. Yeah. If you are a server and I ask you for a glass of water and you tell me we have water over there that self-service... Don't do it because I'm going to totally ding your tip. Well, yeah, now you're not going to get a tip. I'm not at you a fast karma's. owner restaurant. You are serving me. If Wait, you're going to serve a me at yes. And they told you, you to go get your own a glass ladder? of water. That's right, Stephanie. It's happened twice. Whoa. Knock it off, people. We're
1: going to talk about that next week, maybe. Well, you're not going to
2: be here. Maybe.